Hello and welcome to the Trap Game Podcast. I am your host, Mark Ruthop. Thank you guys for listening. I hope everyone, besides people that think Otani should win MVP, had a great first week of the NFL season. Um, Hopefully college football has been going well for you guys. We are going to get into week two of the NFL slate this week. Um, I am recording this on Friday night. Unfortunately, we did miss the Thursday night game. Um, Just a couple points off that. Uh, Man, do the Chargers look good. The Chargers look real good. Um, I think that they're going to stick around, really depending on how severe this Justin Herbert injury is. The dude couldn't run. Um, I mean, you saw it late in the game. He was he was clearly in pain, and I can't imagine that this isn't going to affect him for a while, especially if the Chargers don't take him out for a couple weeks and let that rib or whatever happened heal. Um, from everything we've seen, everything that I've read, it does look like some cracked, broken ribs. Um, so hopefully they take the smart road here and and realize that the Chargers are going to be in it for the entire year and give him some time. Um, Honestly, they probably should have won that game because Patrick Mahomes looked pedestrian, to say the uh, least. He should have had at least three to four interceptions. He got a couple really lucky home-cooking calls. Um, Good game, though, overall. Uh, the Chiefs did cover, or I don't think they did cover, actually. I apologize. Yeah, the minus four and a half. So the Chargers actually covered that. Like I said, they went up 10-0 early. Probably should have won that game, but a great game nonetheless. Uh, like I said, hopefully Justin Herbert isn't too injured because that Chargers team looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and it would just be terrible if he missed an extended amount of time and derailed their season. Uh, they've dealt with that many many times already so hopefully it's only a couple week thing hopefully they hold him out at least one week they got a mini buy right now so let's just let's see how that goes because uh, it's obviously going to affect a lot of things that happen down the road with the chargers um just a couple quick things before we get to this round of picks uh not football related um first of all i just want to touch on the albert Pulhos thing 698 home runs. Uh, he's going to hit 700, which is amazing. It is so cool that he's going to do it um, in St. Louis. Uh, I mean, he played how long with the Angels, and it was cool for him to be there, but for him to do it with the Cardinals is, I think, if you're a pure baseball fan, it's really all you could ask for, for him to break it and, and hit 700 with his original team. Um, one crazy thing, and obviously, you know, Pulhos is up there in age, and he has a power surge right now. Can we pump the brakes on that he might be taking performance-enhancing drugs? The dude has never popped hot. He's been clean his entire career. Why would he risk it now? When he's going to get this close, why would he risk it? It would taint his entire career for him to just get to 700. If you truly think that he is on performance enhancing drugs, you're probably the same kind of person that thinks Otani should win MVP just outright because he can pitch. The dude's not on steroids. He's going to hit 700. It's going to be amazing. Good for him. Good for Cardinals fans. 
Um, he's not on steroids. It would make absolutely zero sense for him to do that now. Okay? So get that out of your head. It's not happening. Um, second thing I wanted to cover is this Ben Sarver, surveyor situation with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, suspend for a year, find $10 million, and you see all this backlash about him being suspended, him, he should just be banned. He should just be banned. If you are suspended for an entire year because of how you ran your workplace, you cultivated this this terrible environment for your employees, for your players, and you have to be fined $10 million, for which I realize for these guys is a drop in the bucket. But if you have to get a penalty that severe, you probably shouldn't be allowed back. You know what I'm saying? Like he was doing stuff that was so bad that he he was allowing things that were so terrible that he's not allowed to be around his team for a year. There's no way you can let this guy back. Just no way. But then again, we see how sports handles suspensions. It's very, very wishy-washy with the severity of some punishments to some players and not others. Um, You know... You would think, you would think that guys betting, example Pete Rose, the the guy is shunned by baseball. Calvin Ridley, the guy was suspended for a year for betting on teams that weren't even not not the Falcons. And then you have a guy that is allowing these terrible things to happen and and this terrible workplace and he's only suspended for a year and he's going to be welcomed back no issue so these professional teams like trust me i'm not a fan of cancel culture i never have been but when the evidence is there when it's it's just so blatantly in front of you and it's not just one small incident one dumb tweet from 10 15 years ago this is a buildup of many, many things that this guy has allowed to happen. So there's a difference between cancel culture and just getting a bad guy away from from that situation. Um, So hopefully the NBA sits back and really thinks about getting back to maybe increasing this is this guy's punishment because a year and 10 million dollars like i said isn't going to be anything for him and when you have a guy that's done as much as he's done it's probably not going to change um but outside of that there's not too much going on um this is probably the best time if you're a true true sports fan you have college football nfl the Baseball playoffs are right around the corner. Basketball is about to start. College basketball's right around the right around the corner. Hockey's almost here. Uh, so it is an awesome time, awesome, awesome time to be a sports fan. But getting into some picks. Uh, last week you went eight and eight. 
Unfortunately, we did lose the super lock because the Titans could not hold down that lead. It looked, it was looking really, really good uh, for the majority of that game and kind of just, they fell apart, man. Saquon Barkley just Derrick Henry'd him. He really did. Uh, and that was really all the Giants needed to do was just run the ball down their throat and that was it. Um, that should have been an easy cover for us uh, on that super lock. And it was honestly the, man, that Broncos game, and we'll obviously get to the Broncos here in a little bit, but losing the survivor pick on that game was absolutely infuriating. And I cannot wait to talk about the Broncos here um, in a little bit, but we will get into the first game on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the Saints, at plus two and a half. The line didn't move, but it is now minus 115 to put get that two and a half with the Saints. Um, I mean, the Buccaneers looked good. The Buccaneers looked good. Tom Brady looks like he didn't miss a beat. Um, you do lose Chris Godwin, which is absolutely massive. Julio Jones looked pretty good. Michael Thomas looked really good for the Saints. Um, They did have a really nice comeback against the Falcons. But let's be honest, it's the Falcons. They do this all the time. So at this point, is it really that special to come back on the Falcons? Not really, unfortunately. Um, They did cover. We got that right. But they should have won that game outright. The Bucks at the minus two and a half. At this point, seems a little short to me, um, just because, like I said, the Saints didn't play their best game, and the Bucks defense is just as good as it was last year. Granted, they were playing; it seemed like a beat up Dak Prescott, which um, you know he did not look impressive at all. And I'm not a huge Dak Prescott fan, but give me Dak over Jameis any day of the week. And the, that game was already handled. The, the Bucks had covered. They'd won by the time Dak Prescott got hurt anyway. Um, so we are going to take the Bucks minus the two and a half here. The only reason I'm a little worried is that the line hasn't moved at all. And the Saints have gone from minus 110 to minus 115. But that does show me that I just think a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of money has come in on the Saints, and the books don't want to move that spread um, at all. Just because, you know, if that much money's coming in on the Saints, it would have moved to the plus three instead of moving from the minus one ten to minus one fifteen. So the Bucks minus two and a half is our pick there. We are moving. Oh, I'm sorry. And the and the under over for that game is forty four. Um, yeah, I don't really have a good feeling. Strong lean either way on that game. So we will take the Bucks minus a two and a half. Um, the Pats and the Steelers. This is an interesting one. The Steelers opened um, at plus one, and now they have the Pat or the Patriots are now a two and a half point favorite. The Steelers are at minus one hundred five. The over under is forty. Um, this is this is going to be an ugly game, and I'm going to pick the Patriots at the minus two and a half, just for the simple fact that 
the Steelers' offense is atrocious. Atrocious. And they lose J.J. Watt, which, I mean, or T.J. Watt, I apologize. You lose T.J. Watt. Mitchell Trubisky didn't impress anybody. There's no reason that they should have beat the Bengals in that game besides Joe Burrow turning the ball over five times. And it just goes to show you how important, at least, you don't even, the thing is here, guys, you don't even have to play the full preseason, but you have to get some snaps in. I don't know why these guys think that they can sit out an entire preseason and then just get right back into the game, <laughs> a full speed game, a regular game, like it's it's going to be completely fine. And you saw it all over the NFL this week. It was a sloppy week one. And I'm happy we went 8-8 eight and eight just due to the fact how unpredictable it was, how bad some teams looked. Week one and week two are always really interesting to bet really interesting in fantasy as well because you don't know what you're going to get in week one especially now with a one week less of preseason so many guys sitting out of preseason you don't know who's going to be up to speed you don't know who's going to be still rusty obviously a lot of guys that didn't play were extremely rusty so that's why you had a lot of upsets this week and then going into week two you have these lines you don't want to overreact because what do the Packers do every the last couple of years. They get blown out, they look terrible, and then they go on a run and are one of the best teams in the NFC. So we can't overreact here. That's a huge thing. That's why I'm going to take the Patriots in the minus two and a half. They are the better team. They're, you know, Mike Tomlin's a great coach. Najee Harris is banged up. He is playing through this injury, but I'm not I don't expect him to play a whole game. It's one of those injuries that it gets hit bad one one wrong way, and the Steelers are done, done for without Najee Harris. They're already not good with him. Without him, it's going to be a real tough sled uh, the rest of the way for them. So give me the Patriots minus that two and a half. I understand that they didn't look good themselves, but you know I'm I'm just going to go with the upside over the Patriots. And Bill Belichick over this not great Steelers team, especially without their defensive player of the year. The over-under is 40. This can be like a 10-7 game. Um, I think I think the under is looking real, real good here, to be honest. Um the only I think the only way that this game gets over is if the Patriots score 35 on their own. Because I don't think the the Steelers are putting up any amount of crazy points. Moving on to the Panthers and Giants. Um, I think this is a perfect spot to where you see an overreaction. I think if the Giants don't win that game, they're not two and a half point favorites here. It's probably closer to a pick. Um, The Panthers didn't play particularly well either. But again, these lines, the books don't know what to do with these games. That's why we're getting so many two and a half point spreads um i'm just gonna go with again i think the panthers are a little bit better of a team here i think they see that all they need to do is is uh, contain saquon barkley and i think uh baker mayfield has a better game uh it was his first game in the system he didn't like i said he didn't look great but you get to go from 
the Browns, who have a good defense, to the Giants, who don't. Um, so give me the Panthers at the plus two and a half here. Really like that pick. The over-under is 43. Don't really have a strong lean either way. Um, if I had to pick, I'd probably go the under here. I don't think either of these offenses are particularly juggernauts in any way, shape, or form. So I could see his low-scoring CMC, Saquon get 25 to 30 touches and the, and the clock is rolling for the majority of the game here. Moving on to the Jets and the Browns. The Browns are minus six. The Jets, man, this is one of those weird games uh, because just last week, no one was respecting the Browns with Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Uh, they obviously, the books obviously like what they saw to make them almost a touchdown favorite here against the Jets. We don't know if Zach Wilson is completely healthy yet. I don't think he is. It kind of just seemed like Robert Sala, uh, he, he was kind of just talking out the side of his mouth a little bit. One thing, Robert Sala, if by some crazy chance you hear this show, shut up. Stop talking. You're going to take receipts? What are you talking about, bro? What have the Jets done in the last 10 years for you to come at anyone? To come at anyone about how the Jets are playing. What receipts are you taking? Like This guy just cannot get out of his own way. Two huge mistakes already this year. Giving fans hope that Zach Wilson might play when he's clearly not ready. You're 0-1. You looked terrible. And now you're going to start talking to the... You're going to start challenging the New York media? Someone has to sit this guy down and tell him to shut up. Rattle off three straight wins. Win a couple games first before you start opening your mouth and start acting like you guys are 5-1 and one and on the way to the playoffs. Nothing about this team is saying playoffs. You haven't done anything to show that you guys are ready to take that next step. So what receipts are you taking? Hopefully, you're taking your own receipts and reading the dumb shit you're saying, man. Um, but again, I mean, with Joe Flacco, it's it's I can't take the Jets. I'm, I'm not taking the Jets. I'm not. I wouldn't touch them with a ten foot pole um, until they can show something to us. So give me the Browns minus six. Over over under is forty. I mean, I could see a little bit of points being scored here. I don't think it'll be as low as the Pats uh, Steelers game. I might lean the under still just a little bit. I wouldn't touch it, um, but I think it would it'll it'll get close to that forty, and you'd probably be sweating a, like a last drive. Like that's where I think this game's going to be. Um, but yeah, give me the Browns minus minus the six. The Ravens minus three and a half against the Dolphins. Ravens are at home. The Dolphins are minus one fifteen to get that three and a half. Uh, this is another don't overreact game. Um, the Ravens at the minus three and a half. They didn't look particularly good against the Jets. Uh, that Rashad Bateman, big touchdown. You got a couple late touchdowns to really put it away. But again, you're playing a Joe Flacco 
led Jets team. So that really isn't too convincing. And again, I said this last week, this is what the Ravens do. They can beat up on bad teams. And that's what they did. Um, the Dolphins aren't a bad team. They didn't, you know, they, they let the Patriots kind of hang around. It was really never in doubt. Uh, you, you just kind of knew the Dolphins were going to win that game the entire time, it seemed. But again, like, the Tua just doesn't look like a guy that's going to be able to maximize the potential of the guys that he has on offense. So I am going to take... I'm gonna take the Ravens here. I don't. I don't really like this game either way. Um, I don't really know what either team is yet. The Ravens don't have their running backs back yet. I mean, Rashad Bateman had that one big catch, but other than that, he was he was pretty quiet most of the game. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm just gonna take the Ravens blindly here because I think they're the better team at home. Uh, so we'll just yeah, we'll go with the Ravens. Lamar's playing for a contract, so you know those contract years he might ball out. He, he he'll probably make a player two that you don't think that he was going to make before. Um, so yeah, Ravens minus three and a half. Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now this opened at the Jaguars getting three points at minus one hundred five. Or no, I'm I'm so sorry. It was the Jaguars were at plus four minus one fifteen. Now it's the Jaguars at plus three at the minus one hundred five. So not only do you lose a point, so there's money coming in on the Jags here. But they, the book isn't convinced that they're going to cover. That's why you're getting that minus 105 instead of minus 110. Um, the Colts do this every year. Uh, this is a rough rough loss for a lot of people, I think. Um, I think a lot of people had the Colts on parlays and Survivor. Uh, hopefully you play in a Survivor League where a draw counts as a win. I am going to take the Colts here. Um, they're not going to start 0-2 against two bad teams. The Jaguars looked terrible. They're just they're just not a good team. I think it came down to, you know, Matt Ryan not knowing the system too well. They started really slow, but looked like the Colts team that we expected them to be in the second half, tied up the game, missed a couple field goals to win. Um, so I really, really like the Colts here at that minus three. Probably not super lock territory, just because we're not sure what the Colts are just yet until they do put a complete game together. Jonathan Taylor should be able to run rough shot over this Jaguars defense. Michael Pittman will probably have a big game. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's not in bust territory obviously yet, but he's not making this Jaguars team better uh, than it should be. Um, so we are going to take the Colts at the minus three. Moving on to... The Commanders at the Lions. The Lions are minus two and a half. The over-under is 49 and a half. Um, the line is now the Lions at minus one and a half. So this Lions team had a lot of hype coming in. Um, people really like them. It's obviously you can see that People are liking the Lions this week. The line already moving down at full point. The Commanders, 
you never Carson Wentz, you just never know. He's like Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point. Um, he's either going to play really, really terrible, and he, your team is going to get blown out by a hundred points, or he's going to have he's going to put a good week together. Uh, again, it is the Jaguars, so I can't really put a lot of stock in that win. Um, but the Lions looked good. They fought back late. It probably shouldn't have ended in a three-point loss for them. It kind of just looks like the Eagles took their foot off the gas late in that game. Um, but you know what? We're going to ride with the Lions at home here, uh, minus that one and a half. Uh, I just think these are two evenly matched teams. Don't really like Carson Wentz. Don't really like Jared Goff. But pound for pound, I think the Lions have a little bit more talent on both sides of the ball. The commanders still aren't completely healthy, so we are going to take the Lions at the minus one and a half. The over under a 49 and a half seems really, really high to me. Um, I would lean lean pretty heavy on that under. Don't really know how this is the highest line of the week. Like I said, it was a lot of garbage time points by the Lions in that game. Um, and I don't think the commander's offense is anywhere near the Eagles, so I think the Lions defense should should play a little bit better. 49 and a half seems pretty high to me. Moving on to the Falcons and the Rams. The Rams are minus 10. The over-under is 47. Now, normally, you kind of think, I don't like laying big lines like this, especially this early into the season. Um, but I think... The Falcons are in for a rough week. I think they're going to run into a pissed-off Rams team that just got embarrassed by the Bills. They want to show that they're better than what they showed on live TV. I think the Falcons are going to get blown out here. This is super locked territory for me with the Rams. Um, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Like I said... I don't think the Falcons are a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. I think they'll be a top 10 pick probably. Um, But yeah, I I just think this is a horrible spot for the Falcons. They come off a really, really tough loss. That kills you as a team. Um, And like I said, I think the Rams are going to be hungry. They had time um, going from week one to week two. I, I just, I really, really like the Rams here. I really like the Rams. Um, yeah, Rams minus 10. Moving on to the Seahawks at the 49ers. The 49ers at minus 10. The over-under is 42 and a half. Um, the 49ers have actually moved down to minus 9 in this game. I'm telling you guys, I don't know who's making the 49ers, the NFC champions already. But this is a lot of respect for a team that only put up 10 points against the Bears. And I get a lot of rain. Field was terrible. But it was still the Bears. And the Bears had to play in those same exact conditions. And guess what? Yeah, the Seahawks honestly should have lost to the to the Broncos. And we're not to the Broncos yet. But they looked at least competent enough that they should not, the 49ers should not be laying more than a touchdown. 
And even at a touchdown, I'd probably still take the Seahawks here. I really, really like the Seahawks this week. I think they cover this nine fairly easily. Their defense looked pretty good. Pete Carroll, say what you want about the dude, but he has his team ready to play. Geno Smith, uh, he looked good, man. He looked good. Uh, there's no really other way to say it. Um, and the 49ers team haven't showed me anything. And a nine-point spread is insane to give to the to the Niners to cover, especially after how they looked last week. Insane. Um, so we're taking the Seahawks minus or plus the nine points. The Bengals at the Cowboys. The Cowboys are plus eight. Cooper Rush is in at quarterback. Um, the over-under is 42.5. Give me the Bengals here. Uh, the Bengals are not going to start the season 0-2, especially with a Dak Prescott-less Cowboys. Um, like I said, it, it just really turned... The Bengals should have won last week. Evan McPherson kind of choked down the stretch, missed a... I mean, I guess that extra point got blocked, and then he just absolutely shanked that field goal attempt to win the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Bengals cover this game pretty easily. Joe Burrow should have a better week. Like I said, him missing the preseason definitely didn't hurt them, or didn't help. Uh, definitely hurt them in week one. The Cowboys, you know... It's going to hurt them without Dak Prescott. And I do like Cooper Rush. I actually would bet on them a lot when he was at Central Michigan. But this is a Bengals team. Same thing. They're embarrassed how they lost to the Steelers. And and I think they're going to want to come out and make a statement this week. And Joe Burrow is going to want to make a statement. I think the Bengals have a big game here. I do like the over of 42 and a half. Um, I, I think, you know, I don't think the Cowboys get shut out here. I can, I think they can put up a couple touchdowns, and I do think the Bengals can uh, not score at will here, but they'll they'll score enough to cover and we'll get this forty-two and a half over. So Bengals at the minus eight. Um, Texans at Broncos. Broncos minus ten. The over under is forty-six and a half. Um, look, I'm gonna take the Broncos here, but. What in the world was that game? You traded for Russell Wilson to come in and be your quarterback. And you don't trust him, which the guy has done his entire career, is convert crazy, late drive, fourth downs. Trust me, I've seen it. I'm a Cardinals fan. We've been on the receiving end of it for a really, really long time. What is this jabroni thinking? What is Hackett doing? You're going to take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands? Isn't this the reason Russell Wilson wanted to leave Seattle in the first place? Is that they didn't let him be him? And you have a dude that comes over and does the same exact thing. And you... You not you. It's not like they settled for a forty-yard field goal, guys. This guy settled for a sixty-five-yard field goal. When you have Russell Wilson, who was moving the ball, 
It's not like they weren't. They had some terrible turnovers deep in Seahawks territory. They honestly should have won that game by multiple touchdowns, but they choked it away. Terrible turnovers. They're not as bad as they looked on uh, Monday night. They're not. They just had terrible turnovers. That's, I mean, it could happen again, but it's very unlikely, especially against the Texans. Give me the Broncos minus the 10, but... Man, what a mismanaged game. That's something that you do on Madden. This guy was running Madden at the end of that game. Horrible, horrible clock management to, to end that game. Like probably some of the worst I've ever seen. Um, but we'll we'll move on. Cardinals, uh, Raiders. The Raiders are... It opened at the Raiders minus six, uh, minus 105. Now it is the Raiders at minus five, and you have to lay 115. The over-under is 51.5. This is the highest total of the week. Um, So the books think that both these teams are going to run. Oh, man. Um, Why did we pay Kyler? The dude was unprepared. Another guy that sat out the preseason. That Why? He hasn't shown that he's good enough to sit out the preseason. He's getting paid like he's a Patrick Mahomes kind of guy. He's not even close. He's terrible. He should not be sitting out any practice. He should be studying film for 12 hours a day on off days. For the amount of money that this guy is getting paid to come out and... I get it. It's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are probably going to win that game even if Kyler looked good. But to just get... To not only get absolutely embarrassed in the playoffs, then you go into the offseason acting like a child. Then you get your contract and then you go into week one looking like this? Come on. And the only reason I picked the Cardinals last week is because the line looked weird. And I knew that was a bad decision, and I paid for it. That's why we're going to take the Cardinals this week. <laughs> it, it's just, I don't want to overreact here. Um, the Raiders looked decent against the Chargers. Um, I don't, I just... This is going to be a spot where I think, obviously, the money is going to come in on the Raiders. Um, even though the line did drop a little bit, it, kind of, it, it just screams reverse line movement to me. I think the Cardinals are going to at least play this game tough. They're going to, I hope, that Cliff Kingsbury can make these guys a little bit more prepared. Even though, you know, he had an entire offseason to, to get ready for the Chiefs. Um but yeah, I'll take the Cardinals here at the plus six. Um, I don't feel good about it in any way because they just don't look like a good team. But I, I'm not ready to lay a, an entire almost touchdown with the Raiders. Um, and like I said, it kind of just seems like an overreaction spot. Um, and I'm just going to take the Cardinals here to cover. Not necessarily, yeah, I'll just take them to cover and not feel good about it. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the Bears and the Packers. Packers are minus 10. Uh, 
The over-under is 42 and a half. Um, this one seems pretty easy to me. Again, I don't think, obviously, the line, the, the books didn't take much stock into that Bears win. They didn't put much stock into that Packers loss. Um, because if they did, this game would probably be closer to, to about seven. That tells me that they think the Packers are going to bounce back. Why wouldn't they bounce back? We've seen it from them in... We, we've seen it already that they, they do this. They look terrible in week one and they come back and, and blow the doors off of whoever they play next. And unfortunately, it's probably one of the worst teams in the league. Um, I, I take the Packers here at the minus 10. I think, I, I think, I mean, Aaron Rodgers said it himself is that he owns the Bears. And I think this is going to be another example where. Aaron Rodgers just comes out and and lays the wood to the Bears here. Um, love them. Love the Packers here at minus 10. That is on the short list for Super Lock this week. Um, over under 42. I can see the Packers putting up about 35 points, and then you only need the Bears to put up 10 maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the over um, on this game as well. Moving on to Monday night, we have two Monday night games, two games that should be pretty decent. Um, the Bills, minus 10. Um, the Titans are minus 115 at the plus 10. The over-under is 49.5. Let's make this simple. The Bills are an absolute powerhouse. The Titans are not. Uh, Bills, minus 10. Uh I mean, the only way that I think the Titans can keep this close is if Derrick Henry has close to 200 yards and two, three touchdowns rushing and, and receiving. Um, so the Bills, minus 10 is the pick here. Josh Allen is going to win the MVP. I know it's only week two, but you cannot tell me that uh, he looks amazing. The only person that's even going to come close to him is going to be Patrick Mahomes especially if Justin Herbert misses time. So Bills minus 10. Um, I don't think it's particularly close either. Moving on to the last game of the week, the Vikings and Eagles. The Eagles are minus 2.5. The over-under is 50.5. Um, give me the Vikings, man. The Vikings look like a complete team. Complete team. Like I said, I like the Eagles. They were able to hang a ton of points on the Lions. They gave up a ton late. I think that the Vikings are going to be in contention to win the NFC this year. Uh, just a stacked offense. The defense looked really, really, really good. Uh, I think that they're good enough to contain Jalen Hurts here. Uh, yeah, Vikings in a big way. And... That is actually going to be my super lock of the week is the Vikings at that. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.